0: Hello and welcome to the podcast of First Congregational United Church of Christ in DeWitt, Iowa. I'm Pastor Chris, and whoever you are, and wherever you might be on life's journey, you are welcome here, and we are glad that you are here. Today on the podcast we have podcast worship, and of course I'm going to give a little more context. For Today's reading and kind of explore some of what is happening in this book of Galatians a little bit and where it gets kind of problematic and what we might do about that. A couple of things here at the top. First, my usual reminder that if you like what you hear, it would be really helpful if you could rate and review and share this podcast. That will help more people hear this podcast and hear the good news of Jesus Christ and get to know our community here in DeWitt a little bit better and maybe even find a community for themselves. Second, Due to a scheduling thing, I am recording this podcast at about the same time that I record our video worship, which means that I'm in our sanctuary, so you might be noticing a difference in the sound. Normally, our podcast has kind of the bits that are in studio and then the bits that are in sanctuary, but for this episode, I can do all of it in the sanctuary, so it should be fairly consistent throughout. And with that... Let's get started. Let's take a moment to prepare ourselves for worship, to prepare our minds and our bodies, our spirits and our spaces, to come before our Lord and Savior in praise. And we will do that our usual way by taking three deep breaths. Take one deep breath and become aware of God's presence all around you. No matter where we are, we are always surrounded by the love of God. Take a second deep breath and be filled with a sense of gratitude for this opportunity to worship together. We might not be in the same place and we might not be doing this at the same time, but we are united by the Holy Spirit in our worship and we can and should be grateful for that. aside any thoughts or feelings that might stand in the way of being fully present in worship for the next little while. You might need to pick up those thoughts and feelings again later, and that's perfectly fine, but for the time being, let's put them aside so that we can be fully present here and now. Please join me in the spirit of prayer. You, O God, are the source of life. You are the ground in which we plant our roots. You are the water and soil and light that nourishes us. We have come together to give you thanks and praise for all that you have done, for all that you do for us. Happy are we, O God, to delight in you. Come and worship the Lord, the source of life. Our reading today is from Paul's epistle to the Galatians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 9 and 23 through 29. As usual for our recordings, this is from the King James Version of the Bible. If you would like to read along with that version or any other version, including the New Revised Standard Version, which is what we usually use during in-person worship, I invite you to go to BibleGateway.com, where you can find this passage and indeed the whole Bible in any number of different versions and translations. So here is Galatians chapter three, verses one through nine and 23 through 29. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you, this only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain?" He, therefore, that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth it he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye, therefore, that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. A few years ago, I bought an immersion blender. I make soup quite a bit especially in the winter, and especially when Mariah and I have a week full of evening meetings and we need something that we can stretch for a few days by adding a little bread or a little salad or something like that. Chicken tortilla is my best. Beer cheese is probably my favorite, but I also make sweet potato bacon, butternut squash, and 40 garlic on a regular basis. And there are some soups that are stuff and stock and heat and time. But a lot of the really good soups, the sweet potato bacon, the butternut squash, the 40 garlic, are stuff and stock and heat and time, and then blending it all together. And for a long time, that meant doing the part that was stuff and stock and heat and time And then ladling the stuff and stock into the food processor and blending it together bit by bit, transferring back and forth between the stock pot and the Cuisinart. And it was a lot of work, and it took a lot of time. And it meant that the really good soups, the ones that were stuff and stock and heat and time and blending, were a special treat. And then, I bought an immersion blender. And it became a lot easier to take all of the different stuff and make it into one velvety thing. Our reading today is from Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia. And throughout this letter, Paul is making an argument to those churches. Throughout this letter, Paul is taking a side in a debate that we have been hearing about now for a few weeks, first in the book of Acts and now in this letter to the churches in Galatia. You see, there were some people who were saying, we are Christians, we follow the Jewish Messiah, and we're happy to have Gentiles come into the fold, but if they want to do that, If they want to follow the Jewish Messiah, then they need to become Jewish. They need to be circumcised. They need to follow the law that God gave to Moses and that Moses gave to our ancestors and that our ancestors gave to us. And Paul is taking the other side in this debate. And in the part of the letter that we heard kind of snippets of today, he makes this argument. God made a promise to Abraham. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And Abraham had faith in God. And that faith was reckoned to Abraham as righteousness. The law came later. And the law is good. The law is a teacher, and keeping the law, striving to keep the law, was how we showed our faith in the God who made the promise to Abraham and gave the law to Moses. But our inheritance does not come from the law. It comes from the promise. And now, in Christ, the promise is fulfilled. All the families of the earth are blessed. Our faith is reckoned to us as righteousness. We were baptized into Christ, so we are clothed by Christ. And clothed by Christ, we are heirs to the promise that God made to Abraham. And that's true whether we keep the law or not. Whether we are circumcised or not. Whether we are Jews or Gentiles. In Christ, those distinctions are gone. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. We are one velvety thing in Christ. And Paul is arguing for including Gentiles in all of their Gentileness. Paul is arguing for including people like us in all of our people like usness. Paul is arguing for inviting the outsiders in. And we are the outsiders. There's this play. It's a play about Jews and Christians and Russians and Americans and the hope of assimilation. And near the end, the hero of the play says this thing. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he says... There it is. What a stirring and a seething. Celts and Latin. Slav and Teuton. Greek and Syrian black and yellow. Jew and gentile. East and west. North and south. The palm and the pine. The pole and the equator. The crescents and the cross. How the great alchemist melts and fuses them with his purging flame. A melting pot. It is tempting, it is tempting to imagine the church, where, there's, where this, there's no Jew or Greek or slave or free or male or female as a melting pot. As a community where all of our differences and distinctions melt away. But the problem with melting pots The problem with immersion blenders is that those differences and distinctions matter. A melting pot might be fine for metal, and an immersion blender might be great for soup, but they're not for people. God made us in all of this amazing variety. God calls us God calls to us in all of this amazing variety. And the gospel is not an immersion blender. And Christ does not take away all of our differences. We are not one velvety thing. We are multitudes. Bound together by love. United by the promise that has been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Jew and Greek. And Celt and Latin and Slav and Teuton and Syrian and everything else. Man and woman. And non-binary and genderqueer and everything else. Unity and diversity. Unity in diversity. One, but not the same. The image for the church is not a soup all blended together. The image for the church is not a melting pot where new outsiders are assimilated into what is already there. The image for the church is a salad bowl. All of these different things, all of these different people together and in harmony in all of our variety. I want to be clear. Being the church, being a salad bowl, is not easy. We live in a world that is divided. We live in a world that thrives (laughs) on division. We live in a world where big forces are working very hard to sort us. We live in a world where it is easy to find groups of people who are just like us. We can do it online. We can do it in real life. We can find places where we can be part of one velvety thing. And believe me, I understand how tempting it is to do that. I understand how tempting it is to curate our communities so that we can be comfortable in a sea of homogeneity. I understand how tempting it is to be surrounded by people who are just like me, where I am not challenged, where I am not confronted, where I am not made uncomfortable. But I also, well, I also know that that is not what God calls us to. No, God calls us to bravery, it is a brave thing to step into a space that is full of difference. It is a brave thing to step into a place that is open to anyone and everyone. It is a brave thing to cultivate a community that is full of distinction and diversity. It is a brave thing to forget about the immersion blender and the melting pot and to look at all of those beautiful differences and not even try to paper over them or blend them away or make them disappear. It is a brave thing to embrace them. It is a brave thing to celebrate them. It is a brave thing to look at the outsider who has walked in and say, come in, you are welcome here. We will not try to change you. We will let God work in all of us And we will see what we become together. And it is a brave thing to mean it. But I believe, no, I I know that we live in a world that is in desperate need of that bravery. We live in a world that is in desperate need of communities where people can have hard conversations where people can have deep disagreements and where people can love each other, where people can love each other in all of our diversity and difference, with reckless extravagance, where people can let the Spirit move in all of its mysterious ways, where people can be bound together in love and trust in nothing more than the promise that we shall be blessed. I know that we live in a world that is in desperate need of communities that can be little consulates of the kingdom of God, little beacons of light leading to love. And I have faith that we can be one of those communities, brave and loving and reckless, Wild and dangerous and full of grace. Please join me in a moment of silent meditation. join me in the spirit of prayer. You, O God, came into the world as one of us. You, O God, came into the world in all of the particularity that we endure. A Jewish man in an occupied land among a dispossessed people. You came into the world in such a human way that me somehow in some mysterious way might find unity in you might find a way to be particular to have our differences and our distinctions to have our uniquenesses and yet be one people United by one love, faithful to one God, baptized in one baptism, clothed by one Christ. Help us, O oh God, to see how we are many, to celebrate how we are many, to embrace how we are many. And help us, O oh God, to see how we are one, to embrace how we are one, to celebrate how we are one. Help us, O oh God, to be multitudes united in you, that we might somehow enter a kingdom of love where all of our differences will be almost like no difference, present but united. For we long to be one people, showered with your love. We come before you, O God, a people with so many things in our hearts, joys and celebrations, sorrows and concerns everything in between and everything beyond we are here to pour ourselves out before you to take all of the things that are weighing us down and hand them to you to take all the things that are lifting us up and hand them to you that you might celebrate with us and help us to bear our burdens And so we ask you, O God, to hear us as we take a moment for silent prayer. God our love and in your love we are united as one people in your love we can see each other and we can allow ourselves to be seen we can take all of those things that make us different and refuse to let them separate us we can be unique and united all at once we ask you O god to take these prayers to answer them in the ways that are best for us at the times that are best for us and to help us as we go forward on this path of life to guide us and uphold us to help us to call all people to unity in you We pray all of this and more in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we are spending a little bit of time in Paul's epistle to the churches in Galatia. And Galatians is a hard book because in Galatians it sounds very much like Paul is arguing something like this. God made a promise to Abraham, an everlasting and guaranteed covenant. And then God made an agreement with the Israelites at Sinai, a temporary covenant and a teacher or disciplinarian for the Jewish people until the promise that God made to Abraham could be fulfilled. And then Christ came. And now the promise that God made to Abraham will be fulfilled. But that promise is now for those who have faith in Christ, not those who put their trust in the law. And that is a uh, problem. Because that argument sounds very much like he is saying that the new covenant of Christ replaces the old covenant of the law. That the church replaces Israel and that Jewish people who stay Jewish are not God's people anymore. And Paul has no way of knowing this, but that line of thinking is going to be taught by the church, by the Catholic church, by the Orthodox church, by the Protestant church, by the Evangelical church for centuries and there is going to be a direct line between that way of thinking and pogroms and exiles and inquisitions and the Shoah. Let me say that again, because I I really cannot say this clearly enough. There is a direct line between that way of thinking and the systematic murder of millions of Jewish people And I believe that that alone means that this idea, whether it's actually what Paul is saying or not, cannot be right. Discrimination, marginalization, and genocide are not fruits of the Spirit and cannot be part of the Christian faith. Period. End of sentence. But, I also don't quite think that that's quite what Paul is saying? So, a few notes. Paul was a Jewish man, and here's how he describes his life in this letter before his conversion. You have heard no doubt of my earlier life in Judaism. I was violently persecuting the church of God and was trying to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many among my people of the same age, for I was far more zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. And here's how he describes his life uh, again in this letter immediately after his conversion. I did not confer with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were already apostles before me, but I went away at once into Arabia and afterwards I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and stayed with him 15 days, but I did not see any other apostle except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and, and Cilicia and I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea that are in Christ they only heard it said the one who formerly was persecuting us is now proclaiming the faith he once tried to destroy Paul Paul was zealous for a traditional Judaism And when he became a Christian, he immediately went out as a missionary. He was zealous for his new faith. And I think that we see a little bit of that in his letters. He violently persecuted the church, and then he became part of the church, and he might be working a little hard to distance himself from who he used to be. Second. It's important to remember that Galatians, like all of Paul's epistles, is being written for a specific purpose. So, there is this ongoing debate in the New Testament about how to include Gentiles in the church. I've been talking about this for the last few weeks now, but what it comes down to is this. There were some Christians who were saying that Christianity is a school of Judaism. Things like circumcision and the law were important parts of Judaism, so Gentiles who want to follow Jesus need to become Jewish. After all, Jesus himself said that he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Although Paul would be writing Galatians before the Gospels, where we get that statement uh, were written. Other people were saying that Christianity is a new thing that is separate from Judaism, so Gentiles can follow Jesus without becoming Jewish, without being circumcised, and without following the law. And this debate between these two factions was a heated debate. And the whole conversation about how Christianity relates to Judaism, I mean, that's... That's still going on, so there's a lot here. The important thing to remember here is that this letter is Paul taking a side in a particular instance of that debate. So he isn't writing a systematic theology or making general claims about the relationship between Christianity and Judaism. He is arguing with some people who hold a different opinion than he does. and. In fact, Paul seems to see those people who he's arguing with as people who are presenting a completely different gospel than the gospel, the gospel that he proclaims. Third, when we do get to a more systematic version of this argument, which we do get in Romans, there is a lot more nuance. I'm not going to get into the details here. It follows kind of the same outlines that we see in Galatians, but there are a lot more fiddly bits that add a whole bunch to it, though it is honestly still kind of problematic. But in Romans, my point is, Paul makes a much more nuanced argument that includes this statement that Israel will ultimately be saved. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Alright, so what what are we supposed to do with all of this? As Christians, we need to balance two things, right? So on the one hand, we need to be faithful to the God who we encounter in Jesus Christ. And on the other hand, we do want to avoid anything that approaches anti-Semitism. And we certainly want to avoid anything that might lead down the path that our ancestors in the faith went down before, which was incredibly anti-Semitic and deadly. And these two things are not unconnected. Being faithful to the God who we encounter in Jesus Christ has to include love for all people and respect for the people who scripture tells us God chose to work through. So, I think that there are two important things here. First, we are Christians. We have chosen to put our faith in Jesus Christ. That's who we trust, and that's who we are loyal to, and it's okay to say that we think that other people's lives would be better if they would join us in that, and we can do that lovingly. Second, Jewish people are Jewish. And as Christians, we believe that God made a covenant with the Jewish people, and we believe that God will keep that covenant. We don't know how, and we don't need to know how. We can simply say, God will keep that covenant and leave it at that. One last thing. One last thing that is really important. One of the one of the big questions that comes up a lot is how are we supposed to read scripture? And that's a big complicated question with a bunch of big complicated answers, but I believe at least that we are called to read scripture through the lens of love and inclusion. And that means that there are times when, and I know that this Makes some Christians very nervous, but that there are times when we have to say that some biblical author was not writing from a place of love and inclusion. And there are times when we have to put a bit of Scripture aside in order to be faithful to the God who we encounter in Jesus Christ. And that's not the same as saying that the Scripture isn't authoritative, or that it's not important, or that we don't care about it. It's It's just saying that we prioritize love, and that if we cannot see how a bit of scripture is loving, then we don't understand what's happening. And our loyalty to love means setting that scripture aside until we can understand it better. And that might be something that we have to do with some of Paul's writings. And not just Paul's writing, other bits too, but definitely with some of Paul's writing. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you again for joining us. If you liked what you heard, it would be great if you could rate and review and share this podcast so that more people can hear it and hear the good news of Jesus Christ and get to know our community a little bit better and maybe even find a community for themselves. If you would like to get to know First Congregational United Church of Christ, please visit our website, uccdewitt.org. That's UccdewITt.org You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to reach me, Pastor Chris, you can do that by emailing pastor at uccdewitt.org. You can also find links to my social media accounts on our website. Finally, you can send suggestions and ideas for the podcast to podcast at uccdewitt.org. A reminder that this podcast and indeed all of our ministries at First Congregational United Church of Christ are only possible because folks like you support them financially. So if you have enjoyed this podcast, if you've listened to a few episodes, I do invite you to consider making a gift to our church. The easiest way to do that is to go to that website, uccdewitt.org, where you can give safely, securely, and easily online. Our music includes Funkarama by Kevin McLeod and Gymnopedies Numbers 1 and 2 by Eric Satie, performed by Kevin McLeod, and you can find those tunes at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Thank you once more for joining us. And with that... Among us, there is difference without division. For we are one people of one faith. We are children of one God, clothed with one Christ. We are united with each other in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God. We who lived under the power of sin have been redeemed through the power of faith. We who were separate and divided have been brought together in Christ. As we leave this time together, may we carry that unity out into the world. Showing the world how to live together. Embracing our differences in love. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Amen.